Romans 3 verses 27 through 31 draws to a pointed application all that Paul has written up to this point in his wonderful book, and it's a simple lesson. You can't save yourself by your good deeds or by works of the law. You'll only dig a deeper hole for yourself. You have to come by faith alone, and that faith is nothing, nothing to boast about. Hello everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about the work we're doing around the world and also in our community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. The gospel is going out to the ends of the earth, but where it is faithfully proclaimed, it is also viciously resisted. It goes against the grain of every religious thought of sinful people. It says, You have no righteousness to offer God. You are only full of sin before Him. But God has a gift you can receive when you're ready to give in to this truth. Now the world resists this message, but it's a message anyone in the world can come to and take by faith. Wash us, Savior, while we die. And there's no boast or brag in that kind of faith. So Paul is simply declaring the obvious. Where is boasting? It's excluded in the law of command of faith. Answering the demands of the moral law, keeping all that, oh, you could boast about that, but you can't because you don't. Answering the demand of faith and the Savior who rescues us from our own condemnation under that law, all boast is put aside. All pride, all boasting is put aside. Here's an application for us. The person who believes that this salvation comes through Christ alone, the community that meets under that great truth, that we put our faith in Christ above everything else. You know what to be one of the great expressions of our lives before the communities in which we live and before the world in which we live? Humility. Humbleness. A lack of self-assertion. No thumbs in our lapels. Right? No judging others because they don't see it the way we see it. Oh, but for the grace of God. All of God. All of Him. Here's a third principle of faith. It's available to everyone, Paul says. This is the next principle. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is He not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. And just by the way, circumcised by faith and uncircumcised, that is, He'll justify the Jews by faith and He'll justify the non-Jews through faith. By faith and through faith, it's no difference. It's, it's the same thing. They're all going to be justified. They're all going to be made right in my presence because they respond to my invitation and my call and my demand that they believe and trust in me alone for their salvation. Here Paul is again dressing the Jew and the way in which the Jew thinks. The Jew thinks that his special attachment to the law and being a member of the nation of Israel whose whole social structure was committed to and built around the keeping of that law assured that he was in a privileged position or a justified state. All of this Jewish society was ordered and structured around its festivals and all the commands of God and all the following of They worked together in a sense to hold themselves accountable as a community of following those things. And the Jewish people avoided Gentiles for one reason. They didn't follow these laws. They weren't pure. They were defiled and unclean. And so the Jews worked together as a community to secure and keep their identity as a righteous Distinct people, a separate people from all those around them. Because the Gentiles were far from this. There was no organized 
society or community in order to keep them faithful to the laws of God that have been given to uniquely to them. So the Jew basically thought, well, we're a people of privilege and we're people that have been made right before God and we have this right standing because we're the nation of Israel. We keep all these laws and we follow these laws or we attempt to and we're structured to obey and observe these laws by which we come into a righteous state before God. And so we have access to the salvation and the Gentiles, they really don't. If they can find a way to abandon their communities and come and join our community and be a part of our community and we'll give them a place, it'll be the outer court. But if they'll follow all these things, then maybe they'll find some way into salvation. Very ethnocentric. Very much stuck within themselves. But one of the things the Jews liked to say was that there was one God. Paul comes along and says, you agree there's one God? I agree there's one God. And if there's one God, there's only one salvation. There's not one salvation for you as Jews following His laws and some salvation for them in some other order or some other strain that we don't know. There's one God and there's one salvation. And here's what we know. It's not through following the laws. Because the laws reveal that you're all sinners. It has to be through faith. And if it's through faith for you, it's also through faith for them. You're right. The law is not attainable for them. They don't have the structure. They don't have the society. They don't have all the writings. They don't have all the oral traditions. They don't have all these things. I grew up in this nation. I know it. I was zealous for the law. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. They don't have these things. And not everybody can come to those things. And not everybody can avail themselves of these things. But anyone, anywhere, can come to faith in God's saving work through Jesus Christ. Because there's one God. There's one salvation for all people. That's his argument. How wonderful. It's not ethnocentric. It's wonderful that we can go to a community that is steeped in darkness. We can go to a society that is clouded and shrouded by idolatry and demonic expressions all around you. And people are under the darkness for generations, being under the darkness of that type of culture that's been saturating and stewing in that kind of environment. And you can come into that situation and that place and you can bring the Lord Jesus and the promise of salvation to a home in the middle of that community and the light of Christ can shine in a moment in that place. I'll never forget, it was about five or six years ago, I was traveling, and I don't know, know what city it was in, I forget now. I was traveling to visit one Christian family that was living in one community in one certain location in India and we were on a road that was very narrow. There were people crowding the streets. Everywhere you looked, you would look out the window were people just all around us. And we drove this way, navigating our way slowly, waiting for little openings within the crowd so we could push our car forward through this community. And the faces, beautiful colors, beautiful expressions, culturally very fascinating, interesting. But the faces, dark, dull, depressed. You just saw it. There was just this shroud of darkness all around you. And this went on for like 30 minutes. And then we came around a corner and we pulled in front of this house. And then out of this house flowed this Christian family. And it was like light pouring down the steps as they came towards you. And joy that just poured out to you in that place right there. People who believed and trusted in Jesus Christ, wonderfully transformed in the light of the glory of the gospel that's found in the face of the Lord Jesus was radiating in that place. And no one had to tell me, which is the family we're going to visit? Who are the people that we're going to meet with? It was radiating from them. 
Maybe Paul was thinking of Zechariah chapter 14, 9. When he talks about this idea, look, if there's one God, then there has to be only one salvation. There, Zechariah prophesies, the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, over all the earth. And on that day, the Lord will be one and His name will be one. His rule, His reign, His kingdom will include all and he, because He is one. His rule is one. His salvation is one as well. We don't preach an ethnocentric gospel. It's a gospel for every tongue and every tribe. It comes to them in the midst of their cultural darkness and ignorance. It comes to us in the same way. It's Christ that we claim. We're not near to the gospel of Jesus Christ because we live in a country that at times is losing, but we want to celebrate and cling to and hold on to our Judeo-Christian values. I'm glad for our Judeo-Christian values. I'm glad for the cultural advantages it gives us and the privileges it gives us, but it does not bring to us salvation. It's not because I belong to this community or been taught these things or what's been passed down to us by the forefathers of our nation that I might claim a right standing with God or might access the salvation that comes for Him. I claim it through faith alone, clinging to the saving work of Christ alone. And that's available to anyone. We have to be careful about this. We get ourselves all worked up and fixated on these cultural things we won't let it go of, as if this is the identifying marker of our life. And then, you know what? We start getting our thumbs under our lapels. We start arguing for these things and talking about these things. And our faith is in Christ alone. We rest in Christ alone and His saving work for us alone. And the answer that our nation needs above everything else is a people that knows that. A humble, holy people that knows that and rest in those things. Well, the last point that we'll make, and we won't make it this morning, but I'll just mention it, is that this principle of faith does not diminish the law, but establishes it. In other words, it fulfills all of its purposes. We'll have to talk about that next week. It doesn't downplay it or set aside the law of God, but it finds its perfect answer in the person that we place our faith in. Jesus, the perfect righteous one, who has fulfilled all righteousness for us. And we simply believe in Him. Let's bow our heads in this prayer. There is nothing to brag about, O God, in our faith. There is nothing to boast about in our faith. We can't even say that we hold on to it with tremendous power and strength and tenacity. It is faith the size of a mustard seed. It is a faith that is expressed out of our own weakness and brokenness and because we are nothing. And Jesus is everything. It is a faith that comes with no attainments, never any attainments, always forgetting that which is behind, always pressing to that which is ahead, always with empty hand clinging to one thing, Jesus Christ. Every boast, every claim, every merit that we might think we've gained the faith that saves counts but refuse and is loss and cast it aside to prize and hold on to Jesus Christ only. This faith says I must decrease. He must ever be increasing. 
This faith teaches us humility. And in it, O oh God, a boast rises up within us, not in ourself. Not unto us be glory and honor and praises. A boast rises up within us. Blessed be the name of our Savior. All glory and honor and praises to Him who's overcome for us. To Him who alone we stand within. He is all our righteousness. He is all our salvation. He is the answer for all of our needs. He is the one who delivers us from every struggle and every need. Him alone. We cling to Him alone. And His salvation is broad and great. His salvation is eternal. And His salvation is to all who will believe in Him. And so we praise You and we glorify You. In Jesus' name. What a glorious day is coming for the true believer when we shall live forever in the blazing sun of God's perfect righteousness, having been perfected in Him. Now, before we sign off from this broadcast, I want to remind you of a ministry website that we've developed called testyourtestimony.com. Our concern is that there are many in our churches that do not have a true born-again relationship with Jesus Christ through faith, and so they face the prospect of His rejection at the judgment seat on the last day. Our pity for these has made us develop a site where persons can apply the command of 2 Corinthians 13.5 to test themselves to see if they're in the faith, to see if Christ is dwelling in them by faith. So please go to that site, testyourtestimony.com, and prayerfully consider someone else you can share this with. For now, I look forward to our next time together partaking of the bread of life. Till then, may God bless you.